Hello, homemakers, and welcome to the Art of Home podcast, where we are exploring how homemakers cultivate a place to belong. I'm your host, Allison Weeks. I'm a wife. I am a mom to four grown kids and a granny to one baby boy, and I've been practicing the art of home for over 30 years now. If you are new here to the podcast today, welcome. I am so glad that you found us. If you're a regular listener, welcome back, and thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to be hearing from a seasoned homemaker who's been married almost 44 years and has some really fun stories to share with us. I know you're going to enjoy her homemaker portrait, but before we get to that, I just wanted to share something with you that just came across my phone today, actually, from a listener who sent me a DM on Instagram. Her name is Rebecca Hoyle, and here is what she had to say. Greetings. I just wanted to share. So each time you interview a younger homemaker, you ask how the older generation can be of service. One lady in the church we go to was a Sunday school teacher and taught my girls. She connected really well with my eldest, who's eight years old, but with the mandates we had here, she was no longer able to teach. She wanted to keep up her connections, so asked me if she could have one-on-one time with her each week to teach her to sew and also to have a little Bible time with her. That morphed into all of us, myself and three kids, going to her house each week and doing various things, including sewing. So now she calls my eldest once a week at a set time and reads through the Bible with her and talks about what they read. We do Bible time together as a family as well, but this one-on-one time she gets with this friend is a real blessing. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca, for allowing me to share that with the audience, and I am just tickled to hear this because this is exactly the kind of thing that I'm always encouraging you older ladies to do. And really, when I say older, I'm speaking to all of you because remember, there is always somebody younger than you who you can impart knowledge and and wisdom into. Um, And in this case, I mean, this is Rebecca's eight-year-old daughter. So you may be a teenage high school girl, you know, looking for someone to pour into and what a great opportunity that would be. You might not have sewing skills, but you might have some other skill that you could pour into her. But I particularly love how they've connected cross-generationally in Rebecca's family with this older woman who was able to pour into her daughter's life and it's impacted the entire family. Um, So what a blessing. What a great story. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing that. So we're still looking at the homemaking pillar of identity. We're halfway through this season, and that's our pillar focus for this season of The Art of Home. We did our deep dive on identity with Susan Macias a couple of episodes ago. If you haven't heard that, make sure you go back and check that out because there's a lot of great info there. Um, And then over in the newsletter, our Homemaker Happy Mail, I have been recapping what I talked about with Susan and then expanding on that a little bit. And I'm going to continue to do that um, next week or this week, actually. So that comes out in two days on Friday. Um, I will be talking about some scripture related to identity and some other things. So make sure that you are on our mailing list. Um, If you've signed up once for any of our freebies, then you are on our mailing list. And if you're not receiving the weekly emails, which do come out every single Friday when we're in the middle of a regular season, not when we're on break, but during regular seasons, if you're not getting them and you have signed up or you've gotten any of our freebies, um, check your junk mailbox and make sure that we're not being bumped over to that. Uh, If you still can't figure it out, then you can sign up again or just drop me a note and I'll see what's going on and I'll make sure that you're on the list. Okay. 
In today's episode, we're going to be chatting with my friend, Brenda Van Helen. Um, We're going to be talking about her 44 years experience as a homemaker married to Rick, and they have two grown sons and one grandbaby boy who lives in Japan, so she doesn't get to see them very often. And her other son lives in New York City, and we live in Texas, so that's still quite a ways away. Uh, We go into that a little bit. We talk about some of the disappointments that come with those expectations we had about what our families would look like once our kids leave the nest. And we sort of have these visions about being surrounded by grandchildren, and it doesn't always work out that way. So we talk about that and what God is teaching her through that. Uh, Brenda is hilarious, and she and her husband have a great marriage. They have so much fun together, and she shares some of the fun um, ways that they continue to enjoy one another's company and flirt and play little pranks on one another in their empty nest. It's really a fun conversation. I know that you're going to enjoy it. Be sure to stick around till the end. Uh, I will have a few closing thoughts about some of the things that Brenda and I talk about to maybe help you with your top takeaways for this episode. Whatever you apply your hand to as you listen today, I know you will enjoy Brenda's story of home. Okay, welcome to The Art of Home. I'm here with my friend, Brenda Van Helen, not Van Halen. (laughs) No. (laughs) And she's going to tell us about her story of home as a seasoned homemaker. But before we go back to the beginning, Brenda, just tell us a little bit about who you are today. Today, I am a wife and mother and grandmother. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, we got our first grandson, grandchild, He's away in Japan, but uh, we're so excited, and they were just here in Christmas, and so it's wonderful. I'm also a caregiver uh, going on 14 years with a company, Home Instead, trying to keep seniors home instead of a facility, and it's a pleasure and an honor. Um, They teach me a lot, and God has used me to help them in their lives and Bring some joy, and mm-hmm. that's uh, always awesome. Mm-hmm. And I volunteer in the church with my husband, Rick. We've been married uh, forty, almost 44 years this June. Congratulations. Yes, and he's the love of my life still. We just we have a lot of fun together, and um, we have two sons. The one that's in Japan is married to a precious uh, woman, Toko. She is beautiful inside and out. And our little grandson is Kai Christopher. He's two and a half. And then our other son is in New York and he mm-hmm. lives in Brooklyn. And he is an artist in um, at uh, Columbia University in the film department. Oh, cool. Yeah. That so we go fun. visit him and he comes and visits. And so we keep close to him. Thank God for FaceTime and yeah, <laughs> yes, and pictures and mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's we great. It. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's go back to the beginning. When would you say that you became first became a homemaker? Well, I loved homemaking. Even in uh, fifth grade, I remember getting a book in the library on baking. Uh huh. And I made um, an apple pie, 
I remember peeling all the apples and everything and cutting them up. So I don't remember if they liked it. And then I made a chocolate bread pudding, which I thought, ooh, chocolate. I always love chocolate. But it was more bread than chocolate. So (laughs) that wasn't that great. But then I really got kind of pushed into it, forced into it, because my dad left when I was 12. And my older brother and sister were already gone from the house, and I had a younger brother and sister. So after 23 years of marriage, my mom and dad, he left, and uh, she had to go to work and yeah. and did retail, which she was working evenings. So I had to learn to cook, and she's a fantastic cook. And so I was kind of mm-hmm. you know forced into that and... and uh, but uh, it was very difficult. Had to grow up fast, and um, but then when Rick and I married in 1979, um, that's when I really started, you know, keeping a place. We had a little apartment, and it was just, you know, uh, just exciting. And you're so in love, and everything, and. So I would try new recipes and, of course, all the ones that, you know, that my mom would make. And mm-hmm. But he uh, he didn't like the liver and onions. <laughs> Does anybody like liver and onions? I don't know. Is that... I like you it. You like it? Yeah. Uh, with gravy. And uh, I think, it's really good. I think actually, I think my husband likes that. I've never, ever made that. It's one of those... Yeah. yeah. No. no. Most people don't. And I found out real quick. But... You know, it was like, oh, okay. I just thought I'd make it. I like it. But uh, anyway, so that's really when I became, you know, and and making our apartment cute and saving up to buy things and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that was really starting to be a homemaker. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It sounds like you already had some cooking skills because Mm -hmm. you you had to learn how to cook and probably some other management, home of the home management skills when you came into your marriage. what was something that you really were struggling with, though? What's something you had a pretty steep learning curve for? Hmm. Um, I guess just uh, like having everything ready at the same time and with him coming home, you know, from work and things like that. But um, And mm-hmm. he took care of the bills and things like that, so I really didn't, you know, mm-hmm. do a lot of that. Um, that's a pretty common answer to the time management answer is very common. Mm-hmm. If it's not like the top two, I would say are cooking mm-hmm. or time management. Yeah. Uh, and, and often both. <laughs> yeah. Because it's one thing to know how to cook and it's one thing to know how to put a meal together and right. have it all come out at the same time. Oh, I know what it was too, was, uh, I grew up, um, uh, cooking on a gas stove and the apartment had an electric stove. That's a whole different thing. And that was really, you know, Mm -hmm. and even like making something and then unloading the dishwasher and setting something next to it where it was still warm. Yeah. (laughs) Making, you know, melting a bowl or something, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and found out that Pyrex, I think, cannot go it cannot go, it cannot on, go on, on a stovetop. That's no. right. It will explode. So I found that out. My broccoli <laughs> exploded on the stovetop. Oh, yeah. gosh. That's terrible. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's talk about some more of that balance and, you know, figuring out the time management and all that stuff and resource resource management. Did you work outside the home? And if you did, 
how did you manage those all those moving parts? No, I didn't. Um, we had one car because he sold mm. his sports car before we got married, and then I had a Volkswagen Beetle, and I was trying to find a job. I had been working in the daycare at our church uh, before we were married, and now we're in Oklahoma City because that's where he was working, and mm-hmm. his family was all from San Antonio. But um, So we didn't know anybody there. And, um, and I was trying to find something close by that I could walk to or something, but this was when you were first married when we were first married. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you had to move far away. Yeah. And then, um, we had Alan, our first son, like a year and a half later. So I just stayed home and then we were starting our business and I just would answer the phone and try to between. <laughs> okay, so you guys had a business yes, together. we did. Okay, mm-hmm. well, did you have that for a long time? Or? Yeah, we had it for like 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And were you, mm-hmm. did you have some sort of management role or? No, um, he, I mean, I really didn't do a lot. I okay. would come in and help sometimes with payroll or something, but, uh, and answering the phone, but uh, then everything was going on to computers, mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, we didn't, we weren't brought up on computers. Yeah. So uh, he had to get somebody full time, and mm-hmm. you know, then by then he had a shop, and you know, could uh, wasn't at home. Mm-hmm. So was it a bit having to do with cars or anything? Because I know that's his hobby now. What was the no. what was the business? No, it was actually uh, mold making. <laughs> Mold making? Mold making for ceramics or porcelain pieces that have to be uh, produced. Oh. Um, an artist would send him something they had sculpted out of wax or clay, mm-hmm. and then he would design a master mold off of that and production molds wow. to produce them. Yeah. Wow. So we didn't do the finish work, but he did the... Yeah, he learned that in high school. And that then is so cool. He went to California to work for a big plant, and then they sent him over to Oklahoma City, and uh, and that's where we met here in San Antonio when he came down to see his parents for Christmas. Oh, so okay, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So he learned the the technique in high school. He worked for a company mm-hmm. doing this mold making. Yes. right, and then he ended up starting his own business. Yes, okay. Because we were in Oklahoma City and hated it. <laughs> Sorry, all you Okies out there. Our son is an Okie. But um, then uh, after I had Alan, like my six-week checkup or whatever, after having him, we were moving. My mom flew up and we got a U-Haul because he didn't have to be there anymore. Yeah. So, we, of course, we wanted to be back here with all the family and grandparents. Of course, after just having a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you need that support. If you're able to do that, that's great. Yes, and I'm thankful. Yeah. I mean, we it was slow going. It was word of mouth. We would try to advertise, but artists didn't want to let go of their sculpt, you know, whatever they were doing. That was their baby, you know? Yeah. And um, so um, it took a while, you know, for it to grow and... Um, you know, but he just kept at it, and and the Lord blessed it. And I guess in the late '80s and early '90s, most of it was doll making. We had like ninety percent of it. So we had customers from Germany and um, Australia and all over that would come over for him to do their molds for their dolls. 
and stuff. So that was really Man, okay, you guys win the prize for the most interesting (laughs) occupation. It's different because people think mold in your house or something. Yeah, that when you first said that, I was like, (laughs) he did mold removal. What? What?" No, he made mold. Yeah, that is so cool. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to like talk to him about that and understand that process. But um, thank you for sharing with with us about that experience. And was is there anything else you would? advice that you would give to a young family that's because it's very common now a lot of younger families are trying to sort of do what they can to start their own business mm-hmm. or side gig or whatever and a lot of it is because they want to the their wife to be able to stay home and right. be a full-time homemaker but in today's economy that's very yeah. hard to do mm-hmm. so do you have any advice for someone starting your own business well it's uh if you're getting started and advertising is not, you know, like in our case, it was really word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, you know, you have the internet and everything, right. so the word's going to get out. But it's going to be difficult. I mean, we were in a rent house for four years, and he was doing odd jobs, too, and mm-hmm. I was, we had another son, and so, you know, I was busy just doing stuff at home. Now, I could probably have done some kind of work in the home. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, with the kids. I don't know. But but thankfully, you know, it grew and I was home for like 25 years. I didn't work. So it was wonderful mm-hmm. to be home and be with the kids. And and uh, so, yeah, if you can do it, it is difficult. But also look at what your cost is um, for all the things that you pay for, Yeah, you know, uh, daycare and your cleaning, laundry, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you can do it, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, and if that's what God, but, you know, if you've got a skill and I didn't go to college, so it's not like I had something that, you know, I really wanted to pursue that um, I had a degree in or something. So, you know, I don't, uh, I think that's the biggest thing that women need to do is not judge each other mm-hmm. uh, for what they want to do or you know, need to do. Right. Um, But there's always, um, if you really want to be home with the kids, there's some things you're going to have to, you may have to give up. Right. And so, you know, it depends on what are you putting the most value on. Mm -hmm. And time and... mm -hmm. Yep. Values and priorities. That's one of our pillars of homemaking that we're introducing this year is you know, sit down and talk about this with your husband. What what is what are our family values? What are our core values as a family? And um if that one of those is a non negotiable is that you want to be home with your kids, well then you gotta figure out how to make that happen and some other things are gonna have to go. So that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's see. Um were you a scheduler and a list maker and whatnot? Or as far as like getting things done and no. You're, you're making this face like I'm making a face no. because my husband, <laughs> it's a joke with us. He has a list for everything. Okay. And so it's sometimes I'll put things on his list, you know, like <laughs> take me out or whatever. Uh, because he, I mean, and if it's if he does something and it's not on his list, he'll go put it on there. Perfect. So it's just so he can scratch it off, you know? Yes. So no, I wasn't like that. And he has taught me to be more organized and mm-hmm more planning, you know, things out because our family just kind of, <laughs> I mean, like taking something, buying something, 
instructions. Oh, who needs that? You know? (laughs) And so I've learned, yes, you do need instructions. He is someone that can take something out of a box and he can put it back exactly how it was. In the box? I can never do that. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm just like, that's a skill. What? It should fit. And then his <laughs> thing is, don't force it. Don't force it. <laughs> I, the kids and I heard that so many times. But, you know, they that's picked hilarious. up on it. Alan, our oldest, would read every manual when we got something new, stereo equipment or something. He'd read it from front to back cover, you know, and he would be telling us how to do it, you know. Mm. So he took after his dad that way. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so it sounds like you were sort of a fly by the seat of your pants yes. kind of person. I was a fun mom, and we just did things spontaneously. And Rick's like, wow, we can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, many people in, would envy that in you because those of us who are more type A and, I'm, you know, I am one of those people like your husband, I will put it on the list so I can scratch it off. Yeah. You know, that I would love to be able to be more spontaneous. So yeah. don't <laughs> knock it. It's a, it's a gift. Um, okay. How about expectations? How did the reality, the day-to-day reality of homemaking match your expectations or not? <laughs> well, when we were first married... He was working 10-hour days, and so he got up at 5, and I would make him this big breakfast and make him a lunch, and he'd go off to work, and then I was like, what am I going to do in this apartment all this time, you know? And then um, he'd come home, and I would have a nice dinner, but then he'd want to go to bed. And mm-hmm. here we're, you know, still like on our honeymoon, yeah. and I'm thinking, what the heck, you know? Oh. <laughs> but uh, then as time went on... Um, we, you know, when the kids come along and stuff, uh, we were pretty scheduled with them, you know, um, and expectations were, um, met, you know, by both of us and the kids and stuff and Mm -hmm. having mealtime was very important. The kids have always tell us that we're so glad that we had, you know, dinner together. Um, I didn't let them get into sports or music at the same time. I said, you know, you need to pick something uh, because I didn't want to be... We've seen other families that are just going all the time. The kids are exhausted. They get fast food. And, you know, so, you know, we told them, choose something that you really want to do and we'll try it. And then if it's not, we'll try something else. And so we both were pretty scheduled with, you know, routines and bedtimes and, and then, um, same as they grew up and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. high school and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, later, much later, um, expectations were really more difficult, Mm -hmm. um, to meet because, I thought they would go off to college and meet their sweetheart and get married like our friends were, their kids were doing. And mm-hmm. and they didn't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. They went to college and they took longer because then the business wasn't, uh, it was dwindling. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to diversify and do some other things, some okay. custom lighting and stuff like that. And eventually, you know, Rick started working. Mm-hmm. And it's your early 50s. He had to get something else, which was really hard. But thankfully, we were doing Bible studies in our home, and we had a neighbor that 
was a appraiser and said, I think you'd be really good at it. So he did that. Hmm. But meanwhile, you know, it was difficult for me because the kids were moved away. They, you know, um, had friends that they were living with, you know, and working and stuff. And then Alan soon started going off to teach English um, in Korea. He's been doing this for like 18 years, I think. And he went there twice, and then he went to Japan, and then that's when he met Toko. Mm. And so he said they'd like to come here sometime. They'd like to come back. But um, And then same with Matt. He had lots of friends. He was here longer, but mm-hmm. then he um, had a friend that moved. They got married, and they moved to New York. And um, he said, they said, you need to come here. Your mm. art, he's an artist, and... You know, it's just an awesome place for art and you know, culture and everything. So he went. And so that just really tore my heart. Out. Yeah. That's a long way. Either 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 place. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean yes. One in country and one not, you yeah. know, but it's far. Yeah. It's far away. Yeah. But thankfully we stay in touch and mm-hmm. and God is so good to um to give us technology that we can see pictures and videos and do FaceTime with each other. It's mm-hmm. harder with Alan with the the time change and all that, you know. Yeah. They're 14. I was going to say, what's the time with, difference? Yeah, since we sprang forward, yeah, it's like 14 hours <clears throat> ahead of us. Wow. Yeah. Man. Have you guys been over to Japan? No. We're going in October. Oh, that's so right. We're we had excited. this conversation. That's so exciting. Their travel restrictions were so tight. And For a long time. Mm-hmm. Strict, yeah. Okay. And so we weren't able to. We wanted to go, you know, but COVID was going on. And so, yeah, it was really bad. But they've been here a couple of times, and it's just been really awesome. So with those expectations, you find yourself uh, just feeling so cheated or yeah. down uh, and mad too and mad at God. You know, we I went through all that stuff because um, I thought, I just don't understand, you know, why why do they have to be so far away? And um, And I had so many friends that, you know, had them on the, you know, holidays. And, mm-hmm. and so our holidays, sometimes we're alone. Um, I have my sisters and I'm so thankful and their husbands that we'll get together. My mom's in a nursing home, so we'll always go on a holiday to see her. But um, it's very, very quiet. Um, Christmas morning, you know, because mm-hmm. I have to do all that Christmas stuff way in advance, especially mm-hmm. for Japan, to make cookies and mm-hmm. gifts and stuff sent way early. So it's very quiet. But, um, you know, God has been so good to show me that I needed to focus on what I have and not on what I don't have. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the biggest lesson that He has taught me because I would just cry out, you know, and and, uh, say, I just don't know why it has to be like this, you know. And... uh, and he says many times he shows me you know you you are where i have you and you've got your church you've got um your small group you're blessed you've got your home your health 
um, your husband, which is my best friend, mm-hmm. and and many other friends. And uh, so I would do like dinners for eight and things like that, you know, and organize things or Bible studies at my house on my day off for women to come. But that was the biggest thing he taught me was, you know, focus on what you do mm-hmm. have. And like I said, the technology, at least I can see pictures and videos of yeah. our little grandson. So I'm I'm so thankful that That's God good. is patient with us and shows us what's good. And you know, um, in the beginning of that, I started, he told me, I kept reading things about having a grateful heart. Mm-hmm. And so even though I found out what a sacrifice of praise is, <laughs> because it is a sacrifice. Yeah. When you don't feel so happy and mm-hmm. joyful, um, like that scripture verse, there's always joy in his presence. Mm-hmm. And um, he is such a loving God. And I found that, you know, when I was um, 16, I got saved because with my dad leaving, um, he showed me, you know, I'll be a father to the fatherless. Mm. And um, he is that father that will never leave you nor forsake you. And I loved that verse and clung to it. And so he showed me, you've got to have a grateful heart. So I would pray and say, Lord, thank you that I can see these videos and talk to them and FaceTime and all that. And uh, and our other son too, and um, yeah, you know, see what he's working on, and the excitement of all of that, and so it starts changing. You do it. Obedience always brings blessing. Mm-hmm. So when we're obedient in praising Him and focusing on Him and not on ourselves, because He showed me that too. He's like, when you're focusing on what you don't have. It's me, me. Yes. I don't have this. Yeah. My friends have this. I don't have this. Right. And so uh, it's it's a self-focus that is sin too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just going to make you feel less than, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. So you have to focus on what you do have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I can be happy and Rick and I can just spend that you know, holiday together alone yeah. and make it good and make it fun, you know, for us. And so it's, you know, that's it's, really, it's good. a learning thing, but yeah. he has really been teaching me and he has, I mean, I would, otherwise I'd be just crying my eyes out, <laughs> even talking about it. Yeah, I know. You know, because you think it, it's going to look it, one yeah, way, you, you know, do. You're... and it isn't. And so we have, especially as women, we have these expectations and preconceived ideas of this happy home and something you see on TV or something. Like grandma and grandpa on the uh porch, surrounded by grandchildren. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And we don't know, but God knows your children. He's got them. Mm -hmm. And if you raised them in the Lord, you know, His Word will never return void. It, it, It will accomplish what he sent it out to do, and I believe that. I know it's true. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So um, there's hope and encouragement, mm-hmm. and uh, just start thanking God. Thank him for the spouse that he's bringing your kids. Thank you for um, for what their life is going to be or their plans in the future or in whatever that means. If it's yeah. far away from you, so be it. So be it. Um, you know, we have friends that uh, that have a daughter, Katie, that's going off to you know all these different places and and um, serving the Lord. And it's like, what a thrill! 
I mean, she's not going to be there on those holidays with them, but she is serving God. Mm -hmm. And so what a blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good word. Thank you for sharing that encouragement. I know it's going to encourage people who hear it. Well, let's talk about hospitality. Mm -hmm. So we want to cultivate an atmosphere of welcome and belonging in our homes. What's a practical way that you showed hospitality in your homemaking and still do um, to your family, to your friends, to people who come here and visit you guys? Okay. Well, growing up uh, with the kids, we always enjoyed having their friends over, Mm -hmm. you know, and we had put a pool in. And so, you know, birthdays were pool parties. And and then if we had visiting youth group come, we'd have them stay at our house and um, they would swim. They would have a good time, you know, because we'd always ask for boys because we had two boys. Right. And uh, so I would feed them. And then when the boys got older, um, and it was nice to have them, their friends coming to our house. Right. Because you knew where they were what was going on and what, you know, what they were watching or doing. And uh, so that was another good thing about that. Make your home inviting to your kids' friends. Mm -hmm. And then um, they were, they both played the guitar and drums. Alan played drums too. So they had a band and they would have their gigs here and there's a game room upstairs above the garage. So they would go up there and I would make them quesadillas or nachos or something, and they just loved it. And I loved having them practice and hearing that and Mm -hmm. just so thankful that they had talent (laughs) because Rick (laughs) and I don't play anything. And uh, it was so much fun, you know. So um, And then um, we would have, Rick and I, when the kids left, we had... um, Bible studies. It was it was called neighborhood fellowships or something, hmm. and uh, at the church we were going to then, and so we would meet um, just for fellowship, mm-hmm. and then you know you get to know them better. Uh, cut one of the couples is still our very very good friends, mm-hmm. and so this was like fifteen twenty years ago, and uh, so those fellowships turned into Bible studies, mm-hmm. and then um, I would have women come. And do like a brunch too, like I said earlier, uh, you know, on my day off. Yeah. And uh, I, when we started it uh, at Hillside Fellowship, um, I asked them if I could take some lessons, you know, some Bible stories or like Priscilla Shire, and they gave me those so I could do them in the house oh, and have, cool. yeah, and have women come. So that was really awesome. And then we did also. Um, would do dinner for eight, as I mentioned, and so what's um, what's dinner for eight? What it's eight people because we've got eight chairs here. Uh-huh. So uh, I would get uh, friends together or people I wanted them to get to know each other. Sure, and we would uh, do the main meal, and they would bring sides. And uh, one time, uh, some girlfriends and I went to see that Julia Julia movie Julia, uh-huh. about Julia Childs. And I said, hey, I got a great idea. And I said, for our dinner for eight, let's, with our husbands, I said, let's get the book and we'll all do a recipe from that. Oh, fun. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a lot of fun doing that. So that was a way, you yeah. know, to... That's and neat. then just any time anybody wanted a Christmas party here from mm-hmm. our small group or something, we'd mm-hmm. say, yeah, come to our house, you mm-hmm. know. So... 
just having things um, ready to eat or desserts or mm-hmm. just anything, you know, um, having a a welcome welcoming heart and open yeah. open your door and open your home to people. It, we love doing that. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's great. Well, let's talk about the seasons of homemaking. Okay, we've kind of talked about this quite a bit already, actually. Um, all the different seasons that you've been through as a homemaker. 44 years, did you say? Yeah, 44 years. Yeah. So what was the most difficult transition for you in the seasons of homemaking? And that's, I'm talking about, you know, bringing home the first baby, or well, mm-hmm. newlywed, bringing yeah. home the first baby and, you know, sending them to school and empty nest and all of those different things. Yeah. What was the hardest transition for you? It was the empty nest, like mm-hmm. I talked about, and expectations with yeah. that. That was really, that kind of covered that too, mm-hmm. because... That was difficult. Mm-hmm. And then looking forward to retirement and what that's going to look like. <laughs> he's got his car he's working on. Okay. He's restoring a 69 Dodge Dart. Mm-hmm. It took him over a year to find one in Portland, Oregon, and we had it sent here. So, I mean, he gets up even before work. He was up at four this morning and he's out there working on it right now. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll be fun when it's finished, but it's got a long way to go. <laughs> we'll give him something to do. Uh-huh. Right? So you both of you are still working. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's working at the Comal County Appraisal District mm-hmm. in New Braunfels and uh, I'm still doing the caregiving. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's going to be he has a countdown on his phone. I think it's like 2 years and oh, 4 okay. months or something. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Cool. That's exciting. Uh-huh. So what does homemaking look like in the season that you're in right now? How are you still challenging yourself to grow and learn new things? Uh, I try new recipes, uh-huh. gluten-free brownies for my friend here <laughs> Thank today. You. I put some espresso powder in it. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. But now you're not supposed to have any. Well, it's okay. I'll, okay. I'll, we it'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but we're having a great time trying, like during COVID, Rick... We were watching a lot of um, cooking shows, like mm-hmm. a lot of people, and yes. making bread and all of that stuff. <laughs> Everybody was doing that. And we were watching uh, Jamie Oliver's Five Ingredient Quick Meals or something. Oh, like yeah. That. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so he said, I think I could do that. I said, well, go for it, you know? <laughs> and so he ordered the book. And so every week he would make something from that uh, oh, cookbook. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I have it over there. But anyways... Uh, they're really good, and they are. They're really some are like fifteen minutes. Awesome, and they're quality ingredients, so they taste you know like you went to a restaurant mm-hmm. and had it. But now that he's working on his car, he hasn't been having time to cook. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm I'm making stuff in there, and yeah. and they're all really good recipes. And uh, and we just we still have date. We did that when the kids were um, you know growing up. We would have date nights and. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we still call it date night, and mm-hmm. we'll go to the drive-in in New Braunfels. That's mm-hmm. why he wants to really do with that car. With the car, yeah. yeah, to take it to the drive-in. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so everybody can come and admire it. Yeah, because a lot of people do that. <laughs> they they bring their cars there, their classic cars, and to stuff. show them off. Yeah, yeah. and that's it's fun. a lot of fun. That's yeah, fun. and they'll dress up like back in the day too. Oh, so that's, that's cool. Fun. Yeah, it is cool. But uh, we do fun things with each other, mm-hmm. like little games and teasing and stuff like we saw this uh just yesterday the day before we had seen a commercial and it was for payday candy bars and he uh-huh. loves paydays 
And it was hilarious because it was about a guy and uh, like all these construction guys. And one of them had payday on his uh, tool belt. Yeah. And then one on his pegboard in his, you know, garage, he had like three, three of them hanging, you know, on hooks. Uh, and so I went to the grocery store uh, Wednesday after Bible study and I was checking out and I, you know, how they put all the chocolate and all the candy bars there. And I saw the payday and I went, oh my gosh, I got to get this. So I got home and I used a hole punch and I punched <laughs> it and I put it over because he has hooks everywhere with all his tools and stuff for the car. But I put it by the light switch because I thought he's got a hook, a little shelf there. So I thought, yeah, I'll hang it there. Surely he'll see it there because he'll probably lose it with all the tools on the other board. So then he comes in after working on his car, and he's always a mile a minute. I mean, I've never heard the man talk so much. And he's telling me in detail all about the steering column he's working on. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, why don't you show me? Because I don't know. I can't understand all these parts and stuff. So we went up there, and I thought he'd get it. But he, as a gentleman, he lets me go in the door first. Yeah. And he says, pull the switches on the... <laughs> so I turned on the light. But anyways, but yesterday he came down. And uh, we were getting ready um, for work, and he came down because he went up there, you know, early. And he says, "Oh my gosh, I saw the payday." Oh. He said, "I was cracking up." <laughs> and so we do little things like that. And we used to have this crazy dog, uh, Izzy, that was a wire fox terrier, and we got it as a puppy. It was wild. It was crazy. That dog was cray cray. And so he, uh, we, we sold it to somebody's nice and. And uh, so we got this stuffed dog over there, up on the yeah, up oh, on the entertainment it's, center. It's it's a it's a toy <laughs> yes. stuffed dog, not like a taxidermy stuffed dog. No, oh gross, <laughs> Allison. Oh my god! When you said stuffed no. dog over you there, you really thought like, that? What? Oh no, no. Because I would call it I would call it a toy, a toy. dog. Okay, <laughs> it is a stuffed. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Well, I have two real dogs yes. now, and so that's just a stuffed dog. I don't know. But anyway, we were, bu- we were buying a uh, gift for his nephew that had a baby, so we saw those little dogs. So and cute. I said, oh my gosh, it's just like Izzy. So we got it, and uh, for years, I mean, we still uh, sometimes will do it, we would put it in different places, <laughs> and uh, one time... He got a Tootsie Roll, the long Tootsie Roll. Oh, no. Yes, he did. Oh, no. Yes, he did. And I was vacuuming (laughs) in our room, and I came around the living room, and he had the light over the fireplace on. I thought, why did he do that? And he had the dog sitting next to it. He broke it into two and molded it, and it looked like the dog had an accident. And I just cracked up. So we would play jokes, and we have a Martin House bird house out there that his dad gave us. And he'd say, man, you know, let me know when those Martins show up, because they usually show up like in January or February, uh, because they go to Brazil in the winter, Mm -hmm. and they come back, and every year, the same ones, it's really neat, or their babies. And so uh, I took that dog, and I made binoculars for it out of the toilet paper rolls. (laughs) And he was mowing, and he 
came up and I had it on the steps down there and he cracked up. Oh my So God. we just love to... Y'all are so creative. I know. I love it. But we just love to do that. I mean, we don't have any kids or grandchildren children right here. So we're... But it's you know, fun. It I mean, is I fun. I think that's a great... It, you're, it you're setting it a great real. example for all of us. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we just have so much fun. That's and really good. People think we haven't been married long. You know, this Aww. nurse thought that. I had a cold and... He said, oh, her temperature's up because of me. And, uh, <laughs> and she said, oh, that's sweet. How long have y'all been married? And at that time, it was like 35 years. You know? And she says, really? Aww. But we just, we do. We that's have a lot so of fun. Great. We that's play really little tricks and things on each other. That's really good. Thank you for sharing all those fun stories. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do some rapid fire Q&A okay. about homemaking tasks. All right. What is a okay. task that you love? I love cooking and okay. baking. Yes, okay. I love that. What's one that you hate? Toilets, bathrooms. <laughs> Don't like it. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, nope. Okay, is there a task that you grew to love over the years? Yes, laundry. Mm-hmm. Because I learned, and this is a little tip for you, um, I'll put his nice shirts and stuff dart things in the wash and in the dryer for just like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and I'll take them out and hang them and put them in our exercise room with the fan on. Okay. And they dry without you having to iron them in his nice pants too. Yes. Really? I love it. Okay. And he even came out the other day with a shirt on. He goes, did you iron this? And I said, nope. Wow. (laughs) It was hanging over there. So that's really neat. And also dusting because uh, in that time of, you know, wanting to praise the Lord and, mm-hmm. and focus on the things I have, um, I would play praise music on Pandora or something and, uh, and dust and mm-hmm. fold clothes. At least when you're folding, you have to sit so you mm-hmm. can rest, you know, yeah. <laughs> and maybe watch something that you like or whatever. Yeah. So I've grown to love that. But the praise music helps cleaning your house. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about your worst homemaking fail or one of them, if you have more than one. Probably new recipes, but one that stuck out with me was his mom's English toffee. Um, it's her recipe that she makes at Christmas time every year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a cup of but a cup of sugar and two sticks of butter, and you put it in a pan and you stir it and like stir like forever. You have to stir right stir forever. You don't yeah. have to use a candy thermometer or okay. the hard ball thing, you know. And then you have to have your chocolate bars and your chopped nuts in a pan and put the bars on top. And then you pour that over, you know, when it's hot, it's caramel color. And then you put your other bars on top and they melt and you smooth it over and top it with nuts. And then it breaks up into pieces when it cools. Well, when I made it the first time, I thought, you know, that you melt the butter first and then put the sugar in, but Uh it separates and it would never, ever come together. Yeah. So I was like, oh no, I messed that up. So that's kind of the the thing I remember the most Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of failing. (laughs) No, I've never tried to make actual toffee like that. Mm -hmm. I've made the um, Christmas crack. 
Yeah. So it's like fake toffee. You yeah, is with it with crackers? crackers? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love the, that. Oh, man. I love that because so you can good. just put your butter and sugar in the microwave uh-huh. and stir that and do it over crackers. Yeah. That is wonderful. I did it on... What do you put on top of it? I did it? it on the stove. So I did oh, melt okay. it all down real good. And I don't. I didn't do it to a temperature, I don't think. I think yeah, you just get it melted I do it in the microwave boiling for works. like a few minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... And I did it with gluten-free crackers too. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. So you just lay the crackers out and then you pour your caramel over that. And then you sprinkle chocolate chips all over. Okay. And then... Um, it, it pretty it much something. it pretty much melts right away. The, you then you smooth it all out, mm-hmm. and then I put um, like at Christmas time mm-hmm. I put like Christmas sprinkles all over the top mm-hmm. b- before the chocolate hardens. And then like, what do you mean Christmas sprinkles? Like candy cane chopped up or uh, you could do that. Yeah, but I just good. do like candy sprinkles. Like you know, oh, okay. they come in a jar. Yeah, and, like for cookies and stuff. yeah, like yeah. for cookies and cupcakes and stuff. And they're all different shapes and colors. And oh, that's neat. Yeah, it's really it's very festive. It is. It is so neat. I do walnuts on top of mine mm. for more healthier thing. But because this lady brought that to Bible study one year, yeah, I used to lead Bible studies at CBC. But she brought that, and I went, oh, that's different, because mm-hmm. I had just seen you know, candy on it right. or something else. Yeah. No, that's a but good idea, too. But it's super fast. But yeah, you yes. can... Yeah. It's a favorite. I don't make it, but I didn't even make it this year. But if I do, it has to be at Christmas when there's a crowd of people, because yes. otherwise you'll otherwise, eat the whole thing yourself. I know. It's so good. Okay. Tell me about a memorable homemaking achievement. Okay. Um... I would say my husband and I just raising our kids, reading Bible stories, Mm -hmm. tucking them in, um, teaching them about the Lord, because both of us didn't really grow up. His mom went to church, but his dad didn't. And uh, so raising them to have the Word in them, Mm -hmm. because like I said, we know it won't return void. Right. It's going to do a work. If it hasn't already, it will. Mm -hmm. God is faithful. That's a good achievement. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Give me your top three, if you have three, homemaking tips. Okay. And well, it could be related to anything, baking, cooking, cleaning, whatever. Definitely have that praise music on mm-hmm. in the house when you're cleaning and in the car with your kids. and uh, And then... Um, I have kind of a, when you really want some chocolate, bad. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes, please tell me, because that happens often. And now you can buy them. They're like a cake in a mug. You can buy them in the store. I know, but they're like $5. Exactly. So this is what you do. You buy a cake mix, and they have gluten-free ones. Mm -hmm. So chocolate, vanilla, doesn't matter, but when mama's got to have some chocolate, I buy the chocolate. Okay. And it's super easy. It's three got to remember three, two, one. Okay. So three tablespoons in the cup uh-huh. of the cake mix. Okay. Two tablespoons of water mm-hmm. and one tablespoon of chocolate chips. Mm. You stir it real mm-hmm. good. Put it in the microwave for 50 seconds. Okay. It, it's kind of like an easy bake oven. Yeah. Right? It comes out, let it cool. It's like a chocolate molten cake. Ugh. It is so good. Yum. And I've tried it with white cake okay. and cinnamon chips. I'll say, what kind of chips do you put yeah. in the white cake mix? Just uh, like a flake. Cinnamon. cinnamon. You could do peanut or butter Or vanilla too. or peanut butter. I or mean, butterscotch. It, yes. You, the, it's endless. <sighs> you are blowing my mind right now. I know. Now. <laughs> it blew my mind. I saw it on the Today Show and I went, 
Oh my gosh. And that's something you can remember. Three, all two, you one. People yes. Out there. Yes. You ladies, three, two, one. That's so good. I know. And then I keep the cake mix in the freezer. Okay. You know, in a Ziploc bag. So, oh, okay. Because I don't do it all the all time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. And it'll go bad. Yeah. <clears throat> that is so smart. It is so good. Thank you for sharing. And then that. to top it off, yes. get you a little whipped cream. <laughs> And put that on the top because it, you know, may not look as pretty, yeah. you know, smooth and all that. Okay. And do you have to spray the mug or anything like with yeah, cooking spray? Yeah, I, I forgot that part. Okay. Yeah, so spray the mug. Because it's not a big deal if you don't because you're eating it out yeah. of there. And I don't even put it in a mug. I put it in a ramekin, mm-hmm. something pretty, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And instead of just sitting there with a mug, but uh, okay. but it's okay. And my husband loves it because he says, man, I want that. I did it last week. Because he said, I want something. I want some chocolate. And I said, yes. let me see what I can do. Yeah, I love <laughs> and that. And so I went in there and he said, oh my gosh, this is so good. Well, if you have it in a mug, that's just the probably the perfect amount of space at the top to put like a scoop of ice cream on Yes, there. it is. Ice cream <laughs> or whipped cream. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For good. sure. Good yeah. tip. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- either one more tip or like a favorite product or favorite appliance or something. Mm. Either either any of those will do. Oh, I have a tip. Okay, yes, okay. please share. So when you get your alcohol wipes from the grocery store and you're wiping off your your um, cart, oh, gotcha. Keep the, yep. keep the wipes. Uh, you know, stick them in where the cup holder is or mm-hmm. something where they won't fly out. And every time you have to get a bag out for um. your. Um, produce yep and you can't spit or get you don't it, want to touch open. your fingers to yeah. your mouth yeah you just rub them on there and That's it works perfect i'd learned smart. that during covid yeah. and i would tell all these ladies because we had our mask on and you couldn't spit anyways yeah. if you wanted to <laughs> to get your fingers a little wet and so uh, i still do that that's such a good tip yeah, it really is because it's so frustrating. It is. Sometimes you just can't and you're like, okay, this someone the camera's on me, <laughs> someone's watching this, and it's closed on both ends or something. Yes, yes. If you are if you forget to do that and you find yourself in the produce section, another thing you can do at our grocery store, it sprays the produce yes, I've done that so too. often. And so there'll be a section of produce that's almost always wet. Yes. So you can go over there and touch that and yes, you can. open your bags. But, but I like the your other tip ones better. Where the potatoes and the limes yeah, and all yeah. that, then you that's know. a good tip. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You will. Okay, let's talk about the art of home. How do you see homemaking as an art? And you have artists in your family. So. Yes, I do. My son did that picture because oh. I love fall. Oh, that's beautiful. And I said, paint some fall trees. Gorgeous. So he did that one. But um, yeah, I know. you. When you say art, I don't know. Uh, it's open to interpretation. That's why I asked the question. Okay. Well, I think when I think of art, yeah, because of my son, I think of putting your own flavor in your house, your own mm. colors, the things that you really, that mean Brings you comfort, yeah. Means something to you and shows your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that with my house, the colors I wanted, and then we thought maybe we might sell when the market was really good. You know, a year or two ago, yeah. Because we have some land and it's harder to take care of and all that, and so we painted. And I wanted it a light gray, and Rick wanted it super dark. And this is what we came up with, kind of mid-range. Yeah. And it's not really what I like. It's not, because <laughs> I had lots of color. I love color. Uh-huh. 
And, uh, but that would be, you know, what I think of, of making your home. And it takes a while too, you know, yes. like learning art. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a while to learn how to get your meals all done on time and mm-hmm. how to decorate or, or have hospitality and have learn how to have people over. Yep. I love to, everything clean. I don't like things, you know, yeah. a lot of clutter. Yeah. It's not like I have, I don't scrub and all that kind of stuff, that kind of clean. But I would do dishes when I had company, you know, and I was like, I shouldn't do this. I should be visiting with them mm-hmm. and not be so quick to, oh, I got to get these dishes done, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And Rick would always help me with them after they left anyways, yeah. you know. Yeah. If I had known that a lot sooner, <laughs> <laughs> that would have uh, really helped me to hold off on yeah. that. Well, how do you find beauty in those mundane things like the washing the dishes and the doing the, the you know, because we mm-hmm. do have to clean our floors and we do have yes. to do all that stuff. And it's generally very repetitive and you got to get up and do it again next, you know, next day or next yes. week or whatever. So where do you find beauty in that part of homemaking? Um, I think when you're cleaning, again, I love to have the praise music on too and taking care of your home and the laundry and you know, um, you are thankful. Mm-hmm. You're thankful that you have a home, mm-hmm. thankful that you have all these things um, in your home and that you can clean them, you know, that you're home that day, uh, you're not at work or whatever. And and uh, so I don't know. That's kind of... Yeah. No. And that, that leads us to the next question, which is about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And you've already talked a lot about gratitude. Yes. Um how is how does how is gratitude important in the home and how have you seen it changed change your experience and you kind of already talked about yes, that yes i did but i was also thinking about your job mm-hmm. <clears throat> so for 11 years 12, 12 almost 14 oh, okay yeah. 14 years you have worked for a home health agency mm-hmm. so you go into people's homes who elderly mm-hmm. um trying to extend the amount of time that they get to stay in their home yes before they have to go into an outside care facility. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's had an impact on how you view home. And I don't know. I mean, yeah. this, I'm, this is kind of off the cuff. I'm just throwing mm-hmm. this out there. If there's any thoughts you have about that. Yes. And I, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. And uh, right now I have a couple that I take care of out in uh, near Canyon Lake. And uh, they are the sweetest people. But he was growing flowers um, in his, on his porch and I said, can I cut some of your flowers? You know, And he said, yeah. And he didn't know what I was going to do. But I made a bouquet and put it over where they sit in their chairs mm-hmm. and on the kitchen, you mm-hmm. know, where they go. You know, just their room and stuff. So they have something pretty to look at. And he goes, oh, my gosh. They both thought that was so sweet. Yeah. And so it's, you know, bringing some joy to them. And I, I just, I love my job, but it, it, it is difficult and it can get depressing. Yes. It's very hard. You see uh, your future. Yes. And it's catching up with me because I've been doing it for 14 years and I'm catching up to them in my age. So it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, that uh, we'll be here and it's doctor's appointments and right. pills and and I'm helping them bathe and helping them, um, you know, and taking them outside to walk, get some fresh air, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And so it makes you, it makes you 
thankful, but it also makes me think of the future. And yes, you know, that's why we were kind of looking at homes, you know, because we were like, it's a lot to do and it's just going to get harder, you know, to take care of. Mm -hmm. And we don't have our sons here to help, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. It it does bring so much perspective, um, Mm -hmm. that kind of work. We actually, we did that same work for two Mm -hmm. years. We had a home healthcare agency and that was that was probably the hardest two years of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my husband actually ended up training as a, a CNA, a certified nurse yeah. assistant, so right. that he could fill in if we, you know, because we had to employ all of, all of our people anyway. Yeah. You know, so he got some firsthand experience in the caregiving uh-huh. himself. And um, it's hard. It's yes. very hard work. But it's so humbling mm-hmm. to get to come into these people's homes and lives and help care for them. And I just would encourage anybody that if you have the opportunity to maybe somebody in your church needs just a little bit of help because so many people can't afford it. That's right. Uh, They can't afford private private, care. Yeah, this is private care. It's not cheap. No. Um, Just to be able to pay for the skilled Mm-hmm. People to come in and yes. and do the work because you you don't you know you don't want to just bring anybody in right um, so it is expensive but if you know somebody an elderly person in your in your um, church family or in, you know even in your neighborhood mm-hmm. who needs a helping hand or just a visit yes you know part of I think the thing that we have an advantage as as full time homemakers is especially in the empty nest is we have more time yes and we're home during the day and we have the capacity to go and meet some of those needs in our community. That's right. Yeah, because um, I know Rick is trying with some other men to do that in the church Mm -hmm. with um, some of, because some of our widows are young. Yeah. They've got kids. It's really sad. And then the older ones, you know, to go help them mow or Mm -hmm. do repairs in the house and help them. And so, yeah, it's really... And it just blesses you. We used to do that at our other church, and we just loved the little lady. Her her daughter was in Dallas, so she came to our Thanksgiving dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and met our family, and we went over there. And then we took the youth group, too, to help clean and mow, because uh, we were working in the youth group for a while, and uh, and yeah. And then I also used to teach aerobics in my 40s, and... And I just love working out and uh, always have. And so I can still do some of their PT work with them and Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, um, to help them. Uh, But yeah, there's, they want a touch, a word, a smile. Mm -hmm. And we can do that anywhere Mm -hmm. because touch is real important Mm -hmm. to uh, all of us and especially to elderly people. Yeah. They, you know, love you just really looking them in the eye and listening. And mm-hmm. they've got awesome stories to tell. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. They really do. So you are definitely blessed when yeah. you are a blessing to them. Absolutely. And your children will be blessed if mm-hmm. you have kids at home and you can involve them. And they will, yes. the people will love it. Your kids will love it. Everybody will love it. And it's it's hard. It requires a sacrifice of time. And mm-hmm. and it's sometimes very uncomfortable if you go into a home where it, there's not been, the person literally cannot care for themselves, much less take care of their space. Yes. So you might walk into a mess. You might walk into something that is yucky and needs to be addressed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've had a lot of those. (laughs) And you just kind of have to get over that. You do, yeah. And just do it anyway. You have to just get in there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I just, I wanted to, this was a unique opportunity to talk about that subject, so I wanted to make sure we talked about that. So thank you 
Well, let's um, end our time with a few words to some other women. So we need one another. Yes. Um, as women, we're commanded in Scripture to come alongside one another and encourage and teach one another. Mm-hmm. What are um, what is a word of advice that you would give to women coming behind you, mm-hmm. um, just to encourage them? Yes. Um, well, earlier I talked about make your home a place for your kids' friends to come, mm-hmm. especially teenagers. Um, that's really important. And have your date nights. That's so important. Uh, you got to have time. And don't talk about the kids. That's the hard part. <laughs> and then um, also, ladies, you know, moms, we didn't have mops, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. I mm-hmm. wish we did. Um, but I would go to Bible study, you yes. know, women's Bible studies, and where they you can take your kids and they're having a study too, your little ones. And uh, so it's it's just good for them and for you to have that fellowship mm-hmm. and uh, and keep whatever girlfriends you have, you know, try to go to lunch or get a babysitter. You know, it's hard to let your little ones be with somebody, but there's so many, you know, now with the internet and stuff, you can find good babysitters or someone, you know, um, in the church, mm-hmm. um, teenagers or kids in college always mm-hmm. need some extra money and stuff. Yeah. It's interesting that the thread running through all of what you just said is like community. It is community. We need it. Yeah. We need it. And, uh, you don't, I think of all the, you know, I loved playing with my kids and being home, but you want an adult to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, mommy, mommy. I mean, it gets rough. It's hard. Yeah. And, uh, and you need to get away and then you come back refreshed mm-hmm. And can give more of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, but you've got to have that time. Because I know even going to the bathroom, they're right there. Oh, yeah. It's like when you go to the bathroom, yeah. it, it's like a magnet that they, yes. they find you. <laughs> yes. And if you get on the phone, yeah. that's when they want to ask for something mm-hmm. a million times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good word. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story of home. It was really lovely. It was fun. Yes. I enjoyed it. And I enjoy listening to the other uh, podcasts that you have, the other um, women on the podcast, because it is so encouraging. And uh, it's just neat. You get to know people more, you know, closer. And Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. God bless your ministry in this. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much for listening to this Homemaker Portrait of Brenda Van Helen. I hope that you have found something inspiring or encouraging or challenging from this conversation to apply in your own practice of the art of home. Some of the things that Brenda said that particularly stand out to me um, were the conversation that we had around gratitude and expectations when she was sharing with us how disappointed she was that her kids had to live so far away and just sort of what she expected it was going to look like when they were grown is not how it has ended up looking for right now. And God has been so good to show her that she needs to focus on what she does have not on what she does not have. And no matter what situation you're in, whether you're a brand new newlywed and you are maybe looking at an unmet expectation that you brought into your little new nest there, um, I think this is wonderful advice to apply 
for you to focus on what you do have instead of focusing on what you don't have and to be grateful for what God has given you. And that can apply in all sorts of situations. This also ties into another top takeaway for me, and that was when we discussed Brenda's experience as a home healthcare provider. That is very, very challenging work. Um, it can be really heartbreaking to see families that are often split apart when all of a sudden um, mom or grandma or granddad or dad needs care and it hasn't been planned for or they just can't afford it. Uh, it's just a really difficult situation and it is a place where the church um, can step in and provide some relief to families, provide some much needed community and service to these elderly people who are in their homes. They're not able to afford a nursing home or they're not quite at the point where they need to be in a nursing home or some sort of skilled care facility. So to be able to step into that environment, um, you know, whether or not you bring your kids or involve your kids, that's that's a decision that you would have to make with your with your husband. Um, but I just want to encourage you that it's it's a great opportunity. Again, like we talked about at the very beginning of the episode with Re- Rebecca's story that she shared with us, it's an opportunity to, to create some cross-generational ties. Over here in the West, we just don't do that a whole lot um, in like sort of traditional Western culture. I know in, in a lot of Eastern cultures, they do have multi-generational households, but just it's very uncommon here. And so anytime that we can, and I think we miss a lot because of that. And so anytime that we can provide times for our kids to be around older people on a regular basis, it will enrich their lives. It will enrich your life. It will really just enrich everybody's life. But it's not without sacrifice. It's not without um, being uncomfortable and doing some hard things. So think about it prayerfully. Maybe investigate through your church um, or your local community and see if there's a need. And then pray about it and discuss about it with your family how you might want to meet that need. Um, If you get really lucky like Rebecca and you have a a woman who is wanting to reach out to you and your children and and pass on her knowledge and her skills, man, don't pass up that opportunity. That is just such a wonderful gift. So I encourage you in whatever way you can to get involved with some older people who are around you in your community. You will be blessed, I promise. Well, we are halfway through, uh, actually we're more than halfway through, season, oh, what season is this? I think we're season 12. (laughs) I don't even know what season I'm in. Yes, we are in season 12. We are more than halfway through season 12. So we have two more episodes left. Next week, we're going to be doing our deep dive into design in the home with my good friend, Dana, and my good friend, Danny. And it is such a fun conversation. You don't want to miss that one. And then we're going to end our season with a homemaker portrait of an In the Trenches Mama. So I'm excited to bring both of those to you in the next couple of weeks. Make sure that you're on our email list so that you're getting all of the content that we're putting out about identity. You can sign up using the link in the description box of this episode or go to the artofhomepodcast.com slash subscribe. And if you have found value and encouragement in today's episode, you can say thanks in a couple of different ways. First of all, share this episode or really any of our episodes with someone you know who could use some encouragement in her homemaking. Just take a minute and Click send on your device and pop that over to her and so she can be blessed by Brenda's story. Um, You can also leave us a rating or a review on your listening app 
if you listen on Apple specifically, because right now that's where most of you are listening. Um, So if you can leave us a rating and a review and just tell how the show has impacted your homemaking or encouraged or inspired you in some way, that will be super helpful for other people who are looking for similar content. And then finally, if you are so moved, you can leave us a tip in our virtual tip jar, buy me a coffee. Tips are given in $5 increments. You can give as few or as many as you would like. Proceeds from those tips go to help offset the cost of production. So thank you. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash theartofhome. Well, that is it for this episode. We'll be back next week with that deep dive into design. Until then, keep practicing your art of making a home. And I'm really sorry I didn't get that on, on tape there. That's so great. Okay. Yeah. Brenda Van Helen. Yes. Not Van Halen. Right. Because when we were first married, if you ordered a pizza, you had to give your first and last, and last name. name. Yeah. And so we'd go pick it up and they said, we thought that was a joke. So it's not ready. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. They like, would it make your pizza? No. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. That's no. really funny. And it wasn't funny. <laughs> okay. Pause for the very loud emergency vehicles. Man, that's loud. Um, What's a practical way? Let me say that again because I got (laughs) tongue-tied.